Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Mindset to Mike, back at you. Episode 15. Jimmy over here, Akron, Ohio. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. It's Drew over here, out here in the hot Phoenix area, still getting 100-degree temps every day. Ooh, it's like hot Atlanta almost, but Stay not. Stay in the heat. Stay in the heat, know? bro. You're like uh, Drew Main Dupree. <laughs> From Hotlanta, but you're in hot Phoenix. You see what I did? Yeah. Anyway, welcome back, everybody. Episode 15. Glad to be back in your eardrums with some solid content for your brains. Um, hope everything's been good for everybody out there, man. Things have been cool, cool over here. Drew, what do you got going on, man? Uh, you know, just just grinding away, man. Just trying to keep the, the mindset train rolling. Learning new stuff every day, implementing new things every day, trying to grow that brain. Hell yeah, man. I like it. What, uh, is there anything that jumps out at you that you implemented in the last week that you, you want to touch on? Well, a lot of my focus has been on the, uh, the challenge your boy stuff. So, yeah. All right. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I would tell you that I, uh, you know, along with everything we've been doing, I got my fucking wisdom teeth out bro Ooh, the top boys oh man that's brutal yeah so that was you know i took a an interesting a, a neat approach to that though because i'm always trying to tie in the shit we talk about right so um my my getting these teeth pulled was <clears throat> super easy compared comparatively to people who you know have to do the whole surgery get put to sleep all that um wasn't the case for me. Mine were already poked through, like weren't giving me any trouble. Um, and they were like facing out, which is like the easiest scenario ever for your wisdom teeth. So essentially it was just like pulling a regular tooth. Um, but when I went in there, you know, how, being in the dentist chair sucks, dude. Yeah, and dude. You get nervous. I get like, gaggy. yeah, I, I get gaggy too. Like, thing out my mouth. Yeah, I don't like that, man. I'm, that's how um, that's how like manly of a just dude I am. I don't like anything going towards my mouth that it, that I'm not controlling. So. Sometimes I don't even brush my teeth, dude. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You can't trust it. You can't trust your arms. I know. But uh, so I, anyway, I don't like that whole thing, man. So I was in there, and everybody obviously was painting this real grim picture of getting your uh, your wisdom teeth out for me. You know, oh, you're gonna be down for days. You're gonna get dry socket. Oh, it hurts so bad, blah, blah, blah. So going into it, I'm like, man, this is going to suck. And even day of, I'm like, man, I might as well just reschedule this. Yeah. Like, like they don't hurt. I might as well just, you know. So anyway, so, uh, you know, my brain telling me to get out of it. I'm like, absolutely not. Override mode. Let's just do it. Get it done. People do this every day. Not a big deal. Um, and then when I was in the chair, uh, you know, she was putting, she was like putting this, this like numbing, compound like rubbing it on the roof of my mouth like a little like like a jelly kind of uh gel kind of compound that 
And, and when she was doing it, she's like, well, he's going to give you a numbing shot in the roof of your mouth. And, um, but before he does that to ease the pain, we use this numbing compound, but it's very, very, very strong. So do not swallow it. Um, so she rubbed it on there and then she put gauze against the roof of my mouth while it set in. She's like, don't swallow any of it. I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I'll try. And, uh, it, so as it started working, it touched my tongue, my tongue went numb. Oh no. And, uh, but she told me, she's like, you know, people, um, she's like, well, if people swallow any and, and it gets on their tongue and stuff, it, it kind of messes with your brain. It makes you think you can't breathe but you can. She's like, it's just you being, you're just freaking out because it feels like you can't breathe, but you can breathe. Can't so I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm like, that's a little fucking weird. So I was, and then she left the room. So I was kind of freaking out, but I started my Wim Hof breathing boy. You know, I'm in there. You know, well, not quite like that, but you get the point. And uh, in through my nose, out through my mouth, man, regulating that heart, regulating, you know, my heart beating all fast, slowed my heart down manually. Um, and it worked, dude. It was pretty cool. Calm myself down, chilled, relaxed, just looked at the ceiling. I didn't pull my phone out and start running through my phone. And, you know, I just looked at the ceiling, calmed myself and, uh, got it done. And it was easy as fuck for real. It was like, um, I didn't feel a single thing. I'm a little sore still, but, um, it's just like sore. I'm not even taking pain meds anymore. It's not like pain, pain. I had, uh, I had to get one of mine taken out. I think it was earlier this year, like early on. I was actually in Texas and dude, my bottom right was like killing me. Like it was so swollen and inflamed. Like every time I couldn't even eat or anything, it was just causing so much irritation. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I was on a work trip. And so I ended up, I was working like a a contractor day at one of our distribution. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like I had, I got, I booked a flight home that afternoon. Damn. The elevation, like when you're on a plane too, oh. adding to that, then I couldn't get in until the next morning. But yeah, I just want the route. I was like, I went in there. He's like, well, we could do all this, you know, and I haven't been in the dentist in forever, which is kind of embarrassing. But he's like, mouth. yeah, <laughs> like everything's like pretty decent. Like I don't really have any cavities or anything, but there's you know, always some work to do probably for improvements. But he's like, well, we can have you come back and we can you know, put you under and get rid of all of them. I was like, no, dude, like grab that pliers right now and just get in there. And, and Oh, it was the wisdom boy. Yeah. That one I had pulled. Was oh, okay. Was it poked through already? Yeah, it was all of mine are, and I've just never yeah. had any issue, but that one particularly for whatever reason, it must, must've been putting pressure on some of the other teeth and on my gums and stuff. And, uh, yeah, they just brought the needle out, numbed it. And, and then, you know, 10 minutes later, he's a, Dude, the amount of pressure that you feel when he's like in there. Oh yeah, I was gonna snap my jaw off, dude. <laughs> the he's lower like crying heard, down, you know. Yeah, I've heard the lower one is worse than the top because yeah. you know the top it's like wedged in your face, you know, so you it's easier to use your other teeth as, teeth as like a fulcrum. But in the bottom, yeah, they'll they'll straight break your jaw, dude. Yeah, so I I mean I denied like uh, pain meds. I just went with like ibuprofen and stuff. But, uh, it's not that bad, you know. It just yeah, it's not bad. Good to go. Yeah, I had. He told me take Tylenol and uh, and Motrin or whatever, and actually the same dosage that they had Lucy taken after she had the baby. So she's like, "Man, what?" Like I'm like, "I just birthed the tooth, dude. A couple of these suckers <laughs> right out of my mouth, I, of course." But it, I only ended up taking it one time. I'm not really into you know pain medication and stuff like that. So yeah. 
and it don't hurt that bad. Anyway, so I'm a couple teeth shy, but contrary to popular belief, I lost two wisdom teeth. I am smarter than I was when I went in. Facts. And I asked so many questions while I'm in there. I feel I maybe could open a uh, little office doing some dentistry. There you go. I don't know if you try up. if people would trust me in there, but I can. Uh, it's pretty seems pretty easy, man. Just get in there, fuck around, pull it out. See you later. Yep. So I'm eating, you know, bullshit. But this, uh, th- all that said, um, you know, I've been out of any kind of exercise game for two full days now. And, uh, you know, I even asked him, I'm like, well, I'm doing this little challenge with my boy and I'm, I'm working on some handstands. And he's like, don't do handstands for a couple of days. <laughs> I'm like, well, you, you don't understand. I can't really do them. I'm just trying to do them. He's like, okay, just don't get upside down. Don't, cause they don't want you to like jar your blood clot loose. Right. And then the blood clot falls out and you got dry socket. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so I've been out for two days of anything, but that leads us into hashtag challenge boy. So we launched this platform. We talked about it on here on the last episode. And then we, um, we started doing it, man. We, uh, drew challenged me to do a handstand. And if, uh, if you haven't seen the video yet, go on to our YouTube page, mindset to Mike or our Instagram or our Facebook. You can see it any, any of those places. And you can see the videos of, uh, of Drew trying to dunk a basketball and me uh, working on handstands. So we posted some, some clips of us day one, getting a baseline of you know, what we can do and how much work it's going to take to hit our 30-day goals. Um, pretty entertaining videos. Drew out there in the park looking like a, uh, <laughs> a young, uh, you know, young Wesley Snipes going for the – or no, a, uh, not Wesley Snipes. What's his <laughs> name? Uh, uh, oh, what's his name? The other dude. Billy Hoyle, Billy Ho. Uh, I can't think of his name. The white man can't jump. Yeah, man, out there pumping his sneaks up and everything, and he <laughs> couldn't quite get up there. But um, so anyway, quick update on that. On my end, handstand. Um, so what I'm working on, Drew, is I've been uh, watching some videos online. There's some like you know they people are actually selling like learn to do a handstand in 30 days. Yeah. And for like a hundred bucks or 200 bucks is one ninety nine. I mean, you can kiss my ass. Uh, but anyway, so you, you know, what I've been working on so far is stretching my wrists, right? So, um, stretching them in all different angles. You kind of get on your knees and, uh, in like a, like a prayer position, I guess you would call it and put some weight on your wrists. And then you put your hands in all different angles and put weight on them to stretch your wrists out. Cause that's something you don't ever think about stretching is your wrist, yeah. but, um, there's muscles and tendons there, man. So you got to stretch them like anything else. So I've been working on stretching those. And then, uh, the wall walks is, is the next step. I just started those the day before the wisdom teeth. So, um, and I was actually doing it on a chair first. So you, kind of like a push up position on a chair, but you go higher and higher. So off like the back of the dining room chair, you know, that's kind of maybe four feet, five feet off the ground, put your feet up on top of that and, uh, and lean into your wrists and just to kind of get the feeling of being upside down. Um, you know, and then you go a little bit further and a little bit further every day until eventually I'm out here just running around the neighborhood on my hands. Like I don't even need feet. <laughs> what are feet? You know, serving people, um, you know, serving people sushi from my toes. Roll up. So that's where I'm at, man. That's where I'm at on Challenger Boy. There's going to be some more videos coming. Um, tomorrow, uh, I get back into actually doing it. So I'm going to record some videos of where I'm at, post that on the 
YouTubes and the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the IGTVs and uh, stay tuned, man. What about you, young Billy Ho? How you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, so I posted another video on my end as far as what I've gathered and kind of like I put together like a, a program design for what my uh, plan is going forward and kind of laid it out to the progress that I need to make, you know, by per day, per week in order to achieve being able to get up high enough to dunk. I, it's pretty tall order, man. I don't know. Um, it's going to be really tough, but I think, you know, I, I, there's all kinds of content. You can Google anything, right? So just like you said, there's all kinds of courses that you could purchase that, you know, how to jump higher. But if you, if you dive deep enough on your own, you can find exactly what those courses are made up of. Most likely yep. find the, the most effective exercises and uh, techniques in order to improve that specific area. Like my focus is act, uh, the, the act of jumping, obviously, you know, and then the mechanics that come along with, you know, the portion of dunk, actual dunking the basketball. So getting, getting vertical is, is number one priority. So I just have a whole list of like, a, I have a workout laid out that I break down, you know, into fast, fast twitch and slow twitch muscle activation. You know, the, the, uh, the slow twitch muscles are going to be like large muscle groups, which the workouts that correlate with that are like heavy lifting, you know, and low reps. And I got a series of three exercises I'm going to do, you know, squats, deadlifts, and like lunges, but super heavy. And then I jump into some, jump into it, bro. Some, ah, I get it. <laughs> I see what you did there. You sneaky devil. Some, uh, plyometric training, which is more, um, you know, fast paced explosive movements to kind of get those fast twitch muscle fibers moving. Gurping, if you will. Gurp, gurping through the legs. Mm. So it's interesting. There's, so genetics plays a role, a, a significant role in your fast twitch and slow twitch muscle fibers um, as it relates to your body composition. Or, but, but these things can be trained and, and um, built up like, you know, it may take me long. Someone is is easily, you know, adapted to fast twitch muscles. You know, they they can gain traction or growth there easy easily more easily. But um, at the end of the day, you can train to do anything. Train your body to do anything you want it to do, and and uh, target those specific areas. It just may take longer time. So I'm hoping that I'm able to convert. I don't know that I have my fast twitch muscle fibers are, are the greatest, but that's been my primary focus because that's going to be key to, you know, I hope they're not listening right now, man. <laughs> Jesus. And that's pretty interesting because I've listened to a podcast a while back. I think it was Tim Ferriss and they can actually test like your, your muscle uh, fibers, like which, how many of each you have, I guess the the composition they like, go into the bone and take out like a muscle sample, like a super deep and they tear take out a piece of your muscle and they can see, you know, whether you're more prone to fast twitch or slow twitch, but results come back, say you're bad to the bone. You never know, man. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, you know, I'm coming up on, we're coming up on week one. So, uh, according to my, my goal layout, I need to, I need to have improved by about four inches uh, based Ooh. on my initial vertical. So uh, I think I, I, I really went over 
because that was the standing vertical, right? But when I'm actually in the act of dunking, I'm going to have momentum like running. Yeah. So, you know, I, I set a goal to double my vertical in order to get get there, which I don't necessarily – It's not going to take that. No, it won't. It'll, it probably will knock a good eight inches off of yeah. my target. So that's a little reassuring knowing that I have, you know, some some leeway there. But we'll see uh, here in the next couple of days when week one is – is up and I'll do another video and see, see how close I am. Yeah. You know what you, what you really, you know, what make it, what might make it seem less daunting would be to measure it with the run up or yeah. at least, or even off that video. Cause if you, if you can look and you're three inches under the rim, you know that you've got, you know, you need to be six inches above. So that's, that's nine inches you're working on versus 18 yeah. from the vertical, yeah. you know, that might, that might help the, help your mind at least keep you a little more engaged. Mm-hmm. Hey, what I did want to say about this, um, is, you know, I think you could dunk. Okay. First and foremost, I think you can do this. <laughs> um, but the most important thing that we're trying to get across with this, and I hope people are, are taking note of, and I really notice it when you talk about how you're breaking this down is, is, is first and foremost, you're setting a goal, you're challenging somebody or yourself to do something that they're uncomfortable with and they don't think they can do or that they've wanted to do but won't just get just do it, get out of their comfort zone, right? So you're making that challenge to yourself. And then next year, you, you have that goal and then you're using all the tips and techniques that we talk about on here to break it down and make it accomplishable. You're, you're putting it in your affirmations on your vision, affirmations on your vision board, um, and then you're setting these smaller achievable goals within that big goal. And I think when you explain what you're doing, it's such a good example, man. Cause like you, somebody who's, you know, arguably five, one is going <laughs> to be like, is, you know, when you say, and you, you can see the reactions we're getting from people when we say your challenge is to dunk, it's yeah. okay. Well, he just, he's not going to be able to dunk. Right. So like, okay. It's not getting and, no love, man. Yeah. And, and I, you might know that in your brain, even you, you're, you're like, I probably can't dunk. But if I take that goal, that goal, and I settle for, yeah, I probably can't dunk. You're never gonna, you don't Definitely grow at all. Happen. You don't get any close to any goal. So if you take that, and then you break it into all these little goals like you're doing, like we, you know, every day I need to do this better and or grow by this much, grow my my leap by this much, then you're actually chunking away at it, and it makes it more achievable to you. It makes it in your mind something that you actually can do, rather than just saying, "Nat can't do it." I'll just go do something else. I'll just go watch fucking Teletubbies or something, you know? So <laughs> you got it broke down. So every day you have something achievable that you can go for and, uh, and how it ends is how it ends. You can do it or you can't, but you went for it and you end up better than you did. Yeah. Uh, at, the ver- at the very least, there'll be significant improvement in that area, which is my vertical. And I think another thing with this too, for me was um, I found myself, like, you know, when I work out and stuff, I, I try and work out regularly, but there's the motivation isn't always there. But knowing I had this challenge, dude, I'm like super pumped to to work out and do these exercises. I know, like, especially when I see all the, the negative feedback <laughs> from people, like that just adds more fuel. I'm like, I can't wait to like, like, I want to, I just want to train harder and like, all yeah. right, fuckers, like. Hell yeah. Thanks for the support assholes. Yeah. And then you can, and then, you know, when this is done and we challenge each other to something else, you, you take the, you know, the tools that you have developed about breaking something down into smaller chunks and that whole thing. And you apply it to something else, you know, and and then in your life, you can do it 
whether it's about a promotion at work or, uh, you know, you want to get a new car or whatever that is, you, these same exact principles that you use can, and tools can apply to anything. So you, you're just, what we're doing is practicing the tools and then you can apply it anywhere. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, so yeah, man, I'm all fired up. The other thing with my handstand, what I was, what I also was doing, I forgot to say, was trying to, um, I've been practicing my, and it's stupid, but like my little front roll. So just like rolling over my head. Yeah. Yeah. Cause one of the things I, I was reading was it, it's important to be able to do that the right way. So you don't hurt yourself in a handstand. And my, my biggest problem is it, it, it's not going to be the, the strength of holding myself up. My problem is the mental piece big time. Cause I, I, you know, I was never a dude who, or a kid who, you know, like trampoline would be out. I was not doing no flips on a trampoline. I was like straight up and down. And if people start getting too wild, start trying to popcorn you, I'm off the trampoline. I'm not playing around. If we're by the pool, I'm not on the diving board. I'm not yeah. like feet on the ground always for me, you know, it was baseball and basketball, but feet on the ground. So my balance was always great and everything, but going upside down, you know, was never my thing. I couldn't even like ride a wheelie on my bike. I, I'm just not, I was not that kid. So this is so foreign to me. I think that's why it looks so funny me trying. Cause I can't even get my, I, the biggest piece is going to be getting my mind, um, to the point where I can do it and I can be able to be comfortable doing it. That's my right. biggest challenge, which I'm fired up cause it's a constant, you know, like anything, you're in a constant battle with your, your mind taking the easy way. That's it. It's all about growth. So we're going to keep at these, uh, challenger boys and thanks everybody for all the, you know, the, um, the feedback, whether it was good feedback or you're laughing at us or you think <laughs> Drew can't dunk or whatever. Um, uh, just keep it coming. And then a special shout out for sure to the people who challenged somebody else. Yeah. That's, um, cool to see. that's, that's awesome. And um, if you can, you know, make sure you fill that hashtag in there, you know, tag us and we're going to repost, we'd like to repost that stuff. So, you know, you got a, a couple that I can just off the top of my head, Tommy Ernest was somebody who challenged a couple of his buddies in the gym to do some different things. And then I, they got back at him and challenged him to, to do some morning cardio and, uh, and they're holding each other accountable. That's super cool. So we're going to repost that. Um, you know, who else? There was a, uh, a gentleman by the name of Matt Filing challenged his uh, fiance or wife. I don't even know. Maybe they're married. I don't know. Uh, to to learn to golf with him, which is super cool. Yeah, um, that's awesome. So we're gonna. I'm gonna follow up with uh, with them. See if they're moving that needle or if or if, or if she bailed. But um, keep those things coming, man. Keep challenging people. Hashtag tag us. We want to post your stuff. Um, you know, even more than we want to post ours. Get as many people doing this as we can. Let's grow together. Grow your brain, grow your body. Straight up. So that's that, man. When um we got a we got a good topic today, Drew. You wanna you wanna dive in? Yes. Um first one I had in mind was was habits versus routines. So everyone everyone kind of has an idea of what habit habits are and routines are, but actually breaking them down to the true definitions. So a habit is something that you do like subconsciously. It's kind of impulsive, deliberate actions that are automatic. Um, this could be something like uh, you get up out of bed and then you do something like it's a routine. I mean, uh, going to the bathroom is, is, a, is a habit in a sense. Or like going right to a cup of coffee. That's a, that's a habit. 
it's something that that you do without thought. And when it comes to like a routine, these are like typically conscious decisions that are repeated frequently. So a routine would be, so a habit would be you get off work, you go right to the gym. That's what you do all the time. The routine would be what you do at the gym. That's a good way to look at it. Mm -hmm. So the habit is actually going to the gym, but then the routine comes in. What am I going to do today? I'm going to do arms. I'm going to do back, you know, do legs. So the, the more you, for me, the more you can drive these positive um, things like routines into the habit to where it comes natural and subconsciously that you're just automatically doing it. Um, that's when, that's when you see a lot of the value. Cause then the more you can turn a routine into a habit is, is um, I think the growth level there and, and the overall product productivity of your day will improve. Um, you take the thought out of it and then you can, you can think about other stuff. Right. And, and it's, you know, it's something you're just going to do automatically. This is a good, I think another really good example of that is, you know, you hear stories about, um, about, uh, I think, was it Steve Jobs is a really, really good one, but other really successful people, um, especially in the tech world do this, but Steve Jobs always had on that black, uh, that black turtleneck sweater, yeah. like that's like the only shirt he wear, he wore. And if you look into that, him and all these other different people, uh, you know, people that are really, really, really successful and that, you know, changed the course of history, um, really creative people. They, they, you know, in the morning, a, a routine is picking out your outfit for the day. You know, you wake up and you got to figure out what you're going to wear for the day. That's your, that's a routine. Well, they change that from a routine to a habit by only wearing one thing. Yeah. That's all that. That's all I wear. That's all that's in my closet. I don't have to think about that anymore. So now I have a habit of waking up and putting on this outfit. Right. You have no brain power going towards that at all because it's just that it's what it's what you do. So you've reserved that. You know, you didn't you didn't spend any any of your brain power or your time thinking about that. You're thinking about other things, and you're saving your creativity for other things. You know. So I think that's a really good example of habit versus routine. Yeah, the more things you can do automatically to where you don't have to put thought and effort into, but you know you're benefiting from, try and turn everything like positive into some form of a habit. You know, even if it's if it's like reading or meditation, like make it a habit. And then like your routine portion could be hab habits lead to uh, routines as well, you know, so you can piggyback off a habit with with good routines that, that are, you know, that complement each other, I guess. So the, the habit would be, I'm reading a book at this time, no matter what the, the routine is, you know, okay, I'm reading, but what am I going to read today? Or what am I going to listen to podcast wise or something like that? Yeah, I definitely think like you want to, you want to be in a place where, you know, your, your routine in my mind, when I think about reading as a routine, the reading is like, I know I need to read before work. So I'm going to read before work. The habit of reading in the morning is just, you just do it. You exercise, you read, you go to work. There is no like, should I, should I do it today? Is it going to fit today? You know, maybe my workout was hard and I know I, my, in my routine, it says I'm supposed to read this morning, but today, I don't know, maybe I'm going to cut it out today and just do something else or, but if it's a habit, there is no decision there. You are just reading. You yeah. are waking up, exercise, reading. That's just what you do. You don't, you don't have to think about it. That I, that's the way I 
use it at least. Um, um, I like this shit, dude. I, and I had, yeah, good. You, you brought this up and I, um, there's something that came to mind was, um, I heard Jerry, there, there's a bunch of articles you can read about this, but I read about this a while back. Jerry Seinfeld, um, from obviously the show Seinfeld comedian, right? One of the greatest that there's ever been bunch of shows, blah, blah, blah. Um, he has, uh, he talks about chains of habit and forming chains of habit, which, um, I love this concept. So he says that you need to buy a year calendar, the big one that hangs on the wall that shows every month and every day all on one page. You're not turning any pages. Hangs on the wall. Buy that. You put it right in front of you in the, in the morning or where you're going to bed. So generally, probably buy your vision board. Um, and whatever it is that you want to do. So, um, you know, he, his example was he wanted to become the best stand-up comic ever. So he knew that within that, he needed to write comedy every single day. Mm -hmm. um, not like when it struck him. He needed to just always be writing comedy every day so he could get that practice. So what you, what you do is you have, you have your vision, your big vision. I'm going to be the greatest ever at stand-up comedy. You have your smaller goals. I'm going to write every day. Well, creating a chain of habit, every day that you write, you write your stand-up comedy, you take a red marker and you put a big X on that day. Then the next day, you write comedy again. You put a big red X. So you do that for a few days. You've got a chain of these red X's across your, your calendar. So now, literally, the only thing you have to worry about is not breaking the chain. Right. And that's your only job now. And, and when you, when you skip a day, skipping a day when you're not doing that, this method, it just makes it easier to skip another day. Right. It makes it easy to skip the week. And then it, it's easy to skip two weeks then the month and the year, then you never end up doing it. Right. So when you, when you start seeing this chain subconsciously, your brain likes seeing that you like seeing that you're, you behind it. Exactly. And you've got this chain growing and growing. So now you start feeling self-conscious. It's, it's another form of having an accountability partner in my mind, but probably even better because it's sitting right next to you. You see it every day. You don't want to cheat yourself and you want to keep that chain going. So the next thing you know, that chain gets bigger, 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 bigger. Then you've just turned whatever that was into a habit because now you just do, it's part of your day every day but you use that chain of habit to, to make it a, 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 a full fledged habit. If that makes sense. That makes me think like sometimes I have trouble making time to journal and I know that that's something I want to do and I need to do. So just, just thinking out loud about this, this is, I'm, I'm going to implement this like starting tomorrow morning. You know, you typically you have your phone right next to you in your bed on the nightstand. I'm going to put my journal on top of my phone. So when I, Instead of reaching for my phone first thing, reach for the journal. Yeah. So just give your, like, put things in place that allow you to make building that habit easier. You know? Yep. So journal is the first thing I grab, and then every day, then it's going to, the chances of me journaling over not are, are way greater than they yeah. were if I just have my journal wherever, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the thought is it's not one shot that gets us one big shot or one big swing that gets us where we need to go. It's consistent daily action that builds those incredible outcomes. So if you're doing something consistently every day, smaller chunks, you're going to get to that big outcome way more, way more likely. I mean, the stats are in your favor and way quicker than if you're just, okay, well, once a week, I'm going to go at it real hard. You know, I want to, I want to bench 400 pounds once a week. 
I'm going to lift the shit out of some weights. <laughs> no, no, no. Lift a little bit every day and build to it. And that's what's going to get your unbelievable outcome. And, you know, I, for me personally, I like the idea of this calendar being right by the bed because let's say, I, let's say mine is journaling and I want to do it every day, which is one of mine. Um, and I lay down, I lay down at night, I lay in bed right in front of me is that, and I, is that calendar and I don't have an X on today. I forgot to journal. Am I going to just go to sleep or am I going to be like, fuck, I better just get up and journal yeah, for 10 minutes. Not, you know, right? I'm already here and I, and I just ruined my chain, but I can catch it before I go to sleep while, while I still have a chance to, uh, to, uh, to take some action and get my, earn my, my red X earn my chain. So I've ordered this calendar. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to start doing this also. That's why it's super important, like to start your day, you know, reviewing your goals. And then also at the end of the day, reviewing goals. So they're constantly, you know, in your thought process. So the more, the more exposure you can have at the beginning and at the end of every day, whatever it is, uh, the more likely you're going to follow through with things. And it's easy to avoid them, dude. Like, I mean, I think oh, we both had sure. this issue when we, we got these planners that, that we're still using, you know, and, um, you know, there'd be a day for me where it's just like, you know, I write my, I write my stuff in the morning, things I want to do during the day. And then, um, and then I, the planner goes in my book bag, it's sitting next to my desk. Next thing you know, it's 1030 at a night. And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't think about a single thing that I put in there this morning. Out you know, so out of mind kind of stuff. exactly. And it's easy to do that. So I, you know, I, like you said, put it on top of your phone, put it in the way, make it, a, make it a nuisance, put it yeah. where you can't get away from it without thinking about it. I actually, my, my, um, because I, I had trouble, you know, with remembering to recite my affirmations throughout the day to myself. So I made my, you know, at work, my computer times out after like 10 minutes. So I'm putting my password in up billion times a day yeah. in my computer. So I made my password, um, affirmations and then a number. So every, literally every time I log into my password, I, into my computer, I have to type the word affirmations, say it in my mind. And it's a trigger shit. I better be thinking about my affirmations and yeah, then it makes me think one. of them. So you, you got to put it in the way, make it, make it, make your goals in the way, make your affirmations in the way, make checking in on this stuff. Um, you know, whatever your day looks like, just put it in a, in a, these things in a place where you can't avoid them. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, uh, also, and I should have touched on this earlier, but I heard, I was listening to a podcast and I heard this guy talk about some other guy. I don't even remember who it was, but something he does in the morning, um, when his alarm goes off, um, to to combat the whole snooze epidemic, um, his alarm goes off and he puts his phone, first of all, out of reach from bed. Right. So it's out of reach from bed and he, he, he roll, he has to roll out of bed to get to his phone. So he rolls out and he does a two minute plank every morning. So it's, it's the alarm goes off. I have to get out of bed on my hands and knees, hit that alarm. And then while you're there, look at the clock while you're there, two minute plank and you're not going to go right back to sleep after, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're out of breath. You're you might be a little sore. You're not going right back to sleep. So then you get up and you got your morning going. Yeah, so I, I, I'm going to start doing that tomorrow morning. I like that a lot. Yeah. If you get the body moving, that's going to, it's easy to lay there and like, yeah, five more minutes, man, you know, but you'll find as soon as you get the blood flow and that's why the cold showers are so, so nice too, but oh, yeah. you know, getting yourself up to actually doing it. But I like that idea. 
I kind of do something similar, but I do the, the kettlebell stuff. But it's still a wise man once said, you have to move it, move it. I like to move it. Move I like, that's what he said. That's what it was. I think that was um, Van Gogh. I'm not <laughs> sure. You'll have to fact check that. We'll have our fact checker look into that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, what else, man? I think, uh, you know, we, oh, we've got, let, let's touch on this old uh, motherfucking memory deal. I think you said, or learning and memory, you said you want to talk about yeah. I think I got something on that too. I've been getting into a lot of um, kind of learning and memory techniques. You know, we, we, we've talked about that Coursera course on learn, learning how to learn or whatever. And I've listened to a, a few podcasts of a guy named Jim Quick, K-W-I-C-K, I think, K-W-I-K. Yeah, just K, I think. He's uh he's like he's like well known like for helping like people like Oprah, Tony Robbins, working with them and actors and stuff on how to remember lines and recite things without having to like go to notes and stuff just from memory. And uh a lot of a lot of the stuff that I I've I've read and or or listened to when it comes to learning and memories, especially memories you have to be able to attach some type of emotion to something if you want to learn it and retain it. And um, so that's why it's, for me, it's like so easy to like most people can remember songs, lyrics, right? But if you're going to read a book, like you're studying for a class or something, that's not, that doesn't come that easy, but you can listen to a song and remember the lyrics way quicker typically than you can anything else. And that's because you have some type of emotional attachment to it or you, or something, you know, because it, it makes you feel a certain way or whatever. So you're like, okay, you know, I, you, you can relate to that content way easier. Oh, there's, yeah. a couple, there's a couple other techniques that I, I found pretty interesting too. Uh, one's called the Pomodoro technique, which is basically um, we can only focus and be productive for a, about 25 minutes to 30 minutes at max and on any given subject at a time. So what this technique is basically when you start diving into something that you're trying to learn or studying, you set a timer for 25 minutes and then you, you go hard at that content and, you know, what, and learn it. And then you take a two to three minute break in between and you do that, you cycle that four times. And then after the fourth time you take 15 to a half an hour, you know, you remove yourself, you know, uh, I've been doing this uh, quite a bit in between you know, reading and podcast stuff, like I'll get up and I'll just, you know, go do some jumping jacks or do some kettlebell stuff, just get my body moving, not even think about anything really, just kind of go through the motions. And then you find that the content or whatever you're trying to learn is more relatable and it's like you can connect the dots. Similarly, we talked about earlier in that Coursera course, like transitioning your mind back and forth between those two modes, like the focus and the diffuse mode. So I think there's a lot of value to that. You know, and I think everyone can find that once they're 25 minutes into something that they kind of lose interest and lose focus. So try implementing that uh, when you try and do something. Another another uh, technique that I found pretty common is mnemonics, which is like associating keywords and imagery to whatever it is you're trying to, to learn. So like you're trying to learn a new language you know, the word might sound something similar in English, but not necessarily has the same meaning, but it might sound similar. And you can tell yourself like a little story and just imagine 
you know, that word being an object or, or whatever. Um, kind of another example of this would be everyone kind of remembers the, the how to remember um, the colors of the rainbow. Roy G. Biv, right? Roy G. Biv, baby. So, and then what's it for music? Um, every boy does, uh, what is it? Every good boy every, deserves fudge. Yeah, every good boy deserves fudge. So that tells you like, you know, the, the notes in that, in that order. And I don't remember shit. I know, but especially about music, but I got that. See, that's crazy. And I was like, damn, that's, that's so real. Like, so the more you can assign emotion um, and mnemonics to be able to, everyone learns differently. So if you can apply whatever that is and give it some type of meaning to you specifically, the easier it is going to, to memorize and and retain that. And um, most, so what happens is you your short term, you have a short term memory and a long term memory, right? So in order to trans the transfer from short term to long term actually happens while you sleep for the most part. So that that's, that's what I found pretty interesting too. So very important when it comes to people like to cram all night, you know, and go study for a test and get up and take tests the next morning. And they, they can't remember shit, you know? <laughs> so um, the more you can implement these techniques together, like the, uh, the timer and then you know association with things that have meaning and emotion to you and then get some rest and and like physical activity and sleep you, you're able to produce new brain cells like every day which helps which helps uh maintain that memory and focus and and transferring from short-term to long-term memory yeah, that was in, um, you know, in the, in that Coursera, they're talking about the same thing too, um, <clears throat> on part of it. And they, they talk about, um, working memory and long-term memory, which, which is working being short-term and, um, and it's what you're immediately and consciously processing long-term being like a storage warehouse is distributed all over your brain. It's things that you can recall, um, at any time, but the, the main difference being your working memory or short-term memory can only hold four chunks of different information at a time. And a good example of that is a, when you, when you, somebody tells you a phone number and you need to remember it until you can write it down. So mm -hmm. you have to repeat it to yourself over and over and over again. Cause it's, it won't stick because you've got more other things that are in that short term that you're, that you're trying to juggle. So then you get a phone number on top of it. It won't stick. So you have to keep repeating it. Your long-term memory is something is, is uh, that phone number would only be stored there after you have revisited it several, several, several times over a long period of time. So you've revisited that phone number every day for a few days, then it gets stored in your long-term memory. Um, so the, the key there, like you said, it takes time and practice and repetition, um, to get things from short-term to long-term. Um, and that extended practice over several days works a lot better than cramming. Um, you twerps, you young twerps, you're trying to cram before you both test. And, uh, and then sleep, like you said, they talk about that too. I'll, I thought this was kind of cool. Um, your brain cells actually shrink when you sleep, um, and, and more created, but when they shrink, think of it like unblocking the stream. So it, it, that's your brain's way of keeping itself clean and healthy. And when you're, when you, you, you learn something throughout the day, you've been practicing it all day. You go to sleep, the brain goes, it, the cells shrink and the brain goes back over those neural patterns that you were using to, to memorize that or to learn that piece of information. 
and it, 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 so it's doing it, it's learning it for you while you sleep. If you've, if you've been practice, practicing it and repeating it, um, and, and with the, your cells smaller, unbo- unblocking that stream, that neural pattern, it's easier to learn it. So then you wake up the next morning, go over it again, and it'll feel a little bit more familiar. So, um, the, the, um, I just thought that was really cool. And, and it's funny that you brought that up. Um, yeah. and they, they, you know, they talked about going over what you, what you want to learn before you sleep, uh, not just cramming studying before you sleep, but go over what you're trying to learn before you sleep. You're increasing your chance of your brain thinking about it, um, and, or dreaming about it while you sleep. So it's you deciding what your brain's going to do before you go to bed. And, and a lot of really successful people do this with, with problems. We talked about it, about using, uh, your, you know, creativity. So you, you got a problem. You just cannot get the answer to, you cannot figure it out. Or maybe it's something bigger than that. You're like, you know, man, I want to, I've been thinking about quitting my job, but I'm not sure. Well, think about it before you go to sleep, sleep on it. That's why it's, that's why it's it's exactly where that came from. So you sleep on it the next morning, your brain has thought about it for you while you slept and it, and it strengthened those neural patterns that it takes for you to think about that thing or that task. And then you can think a little bit more clearly the next morning, or you might even have the answer. So, um, really good shit. Yeah. And this is kind of another, another thought that comes to mind is what I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. You ever just like get a, a specific smell or something that immediately takes you back to some type of memory or like, you know, like oh, when, yeah. I, when you're outside and you smell like fresh cut grass, it's like, damn, you remember being a kid and like running around with your friends or whatever. Yeah. Like, Cause it has, you, you have emotional attachment to that memory and, and you, like there's all kinds of resources that our bodies have, you know, in order to pick, pick up things. So the more you can attach, you know, emotion to it, that I think there's a lot of value in like, Remembering names is like super hard for a lot of people when I, myself, that's me. Yeah. Me all day. I find myself, um, you know, when I meet someone, I'm too worried about everything else going on, like the handshake or whatever. And it's like, they say the name and I'm like, what, what, I'm already thinking about what I'm going to say, you know, I already forgot the name. By the time you sit down, I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck you are anymore. I make it a point to repeat their name immediately. And then I, it, if it's someone, if it's common name, that's someone that I know, I kind of picture that person's face like, oh, so I meet someone named Jimmy. I'm like, oh, Jimmy, I can remember that because one of my best friends is Jimmy, right? So just kind of kind of relate things to yourself uh, as much as you can, attach some motion to it. and You'll probably see a huge improvement on retaining information and memory. Hell yeah. And if that doesn't work, just attach me to everybody that you meet. Just put Jimmy in on general. Your yeah, that's it. Just be okay. like, so you meet a dude named Paul. He's like, Hey, what's up? I'm Paul. And just start be like, Oh, I know Jimmy. And Jimmy then start thinking about me. Jimmy knows a Paul. I'm sure yeah, Jimmy probably knows a Paul. So then you probably probably would either call him Jimmy or, or Paul next time you see him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think that's it, man. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I would recommend checking that dude out. Jim quick. He's got a pretty solid podcast and they're like, you know, 15, 20 minutes typically and there's all kinds of different content you know it's all memory and learning focused you know neuroscience type stuff and text and uh like hacks and techniques for for improving that so nice i would recommend one i listened to recently that i if we're recommending some some ish um if maurice claret on short story long with drama if you don't know the maurice claret story um 
definitely listen to him on this podcast. Actually, go watch the 30 for 30 Youngstown Boys documentary about him and Jim Trestle, but um, Ohio State running back that got into all kind of trouble. And um, like at one point, you know, he, he, he like won every award you can win, won national championship in college and was just on top of the world. And then next thing you know, um, he is, you know, he, he's kicked out of college. He's at one point driving his car or in a high speed chase with police and was going to get out and just have a shootout. Like, I mean, his life just unbelievable turn. And, um, and, and where he's at today is pretty incredible. The things he's doing for like the youth and, and different things, but his story is awesome. So he was on drama's podcast, um, long story short or short story long. And, um, really, really good. Listen, if you, if you don't know his story, pretty motivational, uh, he talks about, you know, um, just the, you know, they spend a good portion talking about the internet life, you know, and, and who you portray, who you portray on the internet and who you, you know, what you, what you want to look like you are and that whole fake life thing. And then he talks about mental health and how people don't treat the, you know, drama put it really interesting. He said, you know, if you hurt your leg, if you have some kind of trauma to your leg, you have to rehab that leg. You have to go through like, let's say a six month rehab period of working on that leg to get it back to normal. But people don't think about the brain like that. You know, you have something happen to you when you're a kid, you know, you witness something crazy between your parents when you're a kid and, and that's trauma to a muscle. So, but people don't treat it like something that you can rehab or fix or have to work at and, and people are looked down upon it. So anyway, really good conversations on that one. If, if I was going to recommend something. Yeah, that's it. That's good. Right on. So hashtag challenge your boy. Get out there. Challenge somebody to do something. Again, it don't got to be your boy. It could be anybody. Um, challenge somebody to get out of their comfort zone. Hold them accountable for 30 days. Uh, and then uh, and post them. Tag us. You know, um, we want to we wanna share those. We want to be part of it. And also, while you're at it, like, comment, share, please. Um, all, all of our stuff on all the different platforms. If you're listening. Um, you know, post a picture of your, your phone listening, something like that. You know, we're going to have some, uh, some giveaways and stuff coming up here soon. So more details on that to come, but, uh, appreciate everybody. And until next time, grow your brain a little bit. That's it. Stay productive and get shit done.